Wow, wow, wow. There are a lot of words that we could use to describe Barcelona's loss yesterday to Bayern Munich, 8-2. Shocking is a good place to start. Embarrassing, upsetting, heartbreaking, uh, you know, is the word I've been using a lot. Um, you know, I've been a Barcelona fan for a long time. I'm angry, but more than anything, I'm sad. Um, you know, I think that, you know, for football fans in general, this, this represents a lot more than just, you know, an embarrassing defeat uh, suffered by a, a major club. I think this is the culmination of, you know, uh, a lot of bad decisions, things that have been building up um, for, for a number of years, and it's starting to crash down. So, you know, without further ado, let's get started. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Fluid Football Podcast. I am your sad co-host, Jacob Cohen, back as always with Avi Virgenvin Nicolucci, my lovely co-host. Um, you know, it's, it's now Saturday, August 15th. We've just seen Lyon upset Manchester City, so we're going to discuss that as well. But, you know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we want to talk a bit about Bayern Barcelona because, um, you know, that was one of the most historic matches I've definitely ever seen. Um, and, and I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of us have ever seen. Excuse me. Avi, um, you know, I, I want to, you know, get your reactions to the matches. What are your thoughts? Did you, did you take pleasure in that? Um, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, shocked. Uh, shock and awe, I would say. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever seen, uh, you know, a more, you know, a lopsided, you know, obviously the scoreline was lopsided, but, um, you know, these are, this is Barcelona, you know, they don't lose by six goals, <laughs> uh, especially not in a Champions League match. Um, so, yeah, I, I really can't even wrap my hand around it. Um, I feel sorry for Messi. Uh, I feel bad for Kike Setien, actually. I mean, a lot of hate, but I think this is out of his control. Um, and, I mean, wow, I'm Bayern Munich, I mean, they, they look like the real deal. Um, I'd be shocked if they lost, uh, you know, again in this competition. Um, I haven't seen a team, you know, look this good since, you know, maybe Manchester City two years ago, uh, Barcelona, um, MSN, and, you know, before that, maybe Pep's Barcelona. You know, I think the way they came out um, and, and just pressed Barcelona, it was, it was unlike anything we've seen. And it made Barcelona so uncomfortable. You know, this is a team who prides itself on playing out of, you know, these pressure situations. It's tiki-taka football. It's what it's, you know, that's, that's what Barcelona is all about. And they look like they, like a deer in headlights. Uh, they look like they'd never seen, um, you know, any kind of pressure. So it, it was shocking from, from all vantage points. Yeah, I mean, we, we hear it all over the place. Bayern right now are just an absolute machine. Um, it doesn't look like they can be stopped. So, you know, my analysis and my emotion right now is absolutely nothing against Bayern because you know they absolutely were the better team and and I you know you have to say probably the best team in Europe right now so it wouldn't be a surprise to see them go on and win the Champions League on the Barcelona side of things you know we did an episode about Barcelona and some of their you know transfer history in the last handful of years we've you know we, we've talked a lot about them you know in general and you mentioned earlier that Kike Setien uh, is, is sort of, you know, being pointed at for a lot of reasons. And I didn't necessarily agree with his setup yesterday, but that doesn't mean I think he's 
you know, a bad manager. I, I, I didn't agree with the setup, but it's, that's, that's not a big deal compared to the larger issues. He is the victim of circumstances right now. We've seen decisions that the board has made um, in a half-hearted attempt to replace legends like Puyol, Xavi, Iniesta. Um, you know, Danny Alves is a big hole that still hasn't seemed to be filled. And Kike Setien has essentially been thrown into this position that no manager would really want to be thrown in right now, um, which is another thing. Setien will lose his job. I don't know what manager is going to want to come in, but I, feel, I do feel for Kike Setien because, you know, his reputation is undoubtedly going to be tarnished because of this. Um, again, not his fault. I think that, you know, it was an 8-2 loss. This is the culmination of a lot of things. But if you are the manager of, of you know, an eight, during an 8-2 loss, you still lose your job. Like, you can't, you can't keep your job. But, uh, you know, I, I hope Setien, uh, you know, people lay off a little bit on him. Yeah, I mean, you can sympathize with him, but I, at the same time, I don't, think, I don't think it excuses the performance. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't lose – you can't concede eight goals in a game. You know, I don't care if it was Sunderland playing Bayern Munich. You still expect them to, to do better than that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the talent gap, you know, it's there, but this is Barcelona. They still have talent. Uh, they still have Lionel Messi. I mean, I don't know what, what the hell happened in their back line. I mean, I still don't understand how you can concede eight goals. Um, so, I mean, PK, you know, he said yesterday if, if he needs to go, then, he, you know, he'd be happy to, to start the rebuild. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he, he a lot of players need to go. It's not really – just PK, um, you know, they, they just, we've talked about this before, they just don't have, you know, an identity really. Um, you know, they seem, you know, their only identity is, hey, Johan Cruyff, you know, played here and, and, and uh, Pep Guardiola coached here. So let's do something, you know, with possession football. But it, it doesn't really seem to be a, a, a unifying strategy behind that. Look, they, they don't have an identity, and, and that was the thing. We were talking at halftime. Like, what, what changes do you even make if you're Barcelona? You don't have the personnel to really spice things up, it seems. Um, and the playing style and the, the tactics are, right now, it's get the ball to Messi because he's the only one that's able to create. That there's, there's no creativity elsewhere on the pitch. Um, and, you know, Bayern did a really good job pressing in that first half, especially. And you saw Ter Stegen looked like a deer in the headlights when he had the ball. You know, he, his distribution was poor. The back line and midfield weren't playing quick enough. They, you couldn't get the ball to Messi. So, you know, we were all looking forward to that Messi-Alfonso Davies matchup. We didn't even get to see it. Messi wasn't even, you know, involved enough in that area of the pitch, which is upsetting um, and, and crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, Alfonso Davies, you know, he, I'm looking at his average position right now. You know, it was over the halfway line. So he wasn't even, you know, thinking about Messi at this point. You know, he was just, he was, you know, essentially a winger, um, you know. So it, it was, um, I don't know, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Uh, I, I just don't understand how you can have Busquets, Messi, Suarez, you know, PK, Ter Stegen in a team and then you lose by six goals. Um, so, you know, I think this part of this goes on the players too. I think, you know, what Suarez said um, earlier, or not Suarez, sorry, Vidal. We all said earlier in the week, Barcelona are the best team in the world. And I laughed at that. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone expected – I think most people expected Bayern Munich to win this, but not like this. Um, so, you know, all around, you know, an incredibly poor showing. I think this really, um, you know, ripped the Band-Aid off. Uh, everyone kind of sees 
who Barcelona is. Uh, you know, they're no longer, I would say, an elite club in Europe. You know, I think they're in a, in a, a, great, a good club. You know, they're obviously above average to make it to the, the Champions League quarterfinals. But, um, you know, they're just not on the same footing as, as Bayern Munich. Across the board, they're definitely above average. And again, with the messy factor, you can't necessarily count them out uh, in most matches. But a team like Bayern, who are just hitting on all cylinders right now, the Barca just don't stand a chance. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's a couple things I want to talk about that you got me thinking about. Um, you know, the, uh, well, you named a handful of players, Suarez, Piquet, Busquets, Jordi Alba as another one, all over 30 years old. All have been at the club for a very long time. And Jamie Carragher made a good point. By, side note, I absolutely love the CBS team with Jamie Carragher, Roberto Martinez, uh, Micah Richards. Um, they, they've been awesome. But Carragher made a comment. He's basically saying how Gerard Piquet, it's nothing against him. He was the best defender in the world at a point. Um, but at this point in time, he's 33 years old. And he's being looked at as the best center back at the club when he's not good enough to be playing at Barcelona in the first place, if you're looking historically speaking. And the same goes for a number of those other players like Busquets. Um, you know, you could argue Jordi Alba, Luis Suarez, players that are not good enough to be, you know, looked at as the difference makers at this point in time. Um, and the, the Gerard Piquet interview after the match was... I mean, the saddest part of all for me, I, I, I teared, teared up a bit, to be honest, when I, when I was listening to him, because you could see how much the loss had affected him. And, and he acknowledged the fact that, you know, Barcelona is, again, he said they're at rock bottom. They're an all-time low. And again, he, um, you know, said, I'd be the first to go if we need to rebuild because this club deserves better. This club deserves the best at all times. And I mean, it was very sad because these are players that we grew up with watching. Like these are the legends of our game and to see them demolished and demoralized the way that they were was, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm sad. I'm very this sad. Is almost, this is almost, um, you know, kind of a, a reminder of, you know, father time or, um, you know, just showing how, you know, players can't play forever. Right. You know, you have this aging, aging core of players and, um, you know, obviously I've done great things in the past, but, uh, you know, life moves on, soccer moves on, you know, we're, we're seeing soccer go trend even younger. You know, you have, you have Alfonso Davies, who's just turned you know, 20 or he's 19. Um, so, you know, I think Barcelona kind of thought that uh, they could elude father time, but I think, uh, you know, age, you know, age doesn't care what your name is. So. it's a great point. That was very poetic, Avi. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, you see Real Madrid or have, all of a sudden, you know, started to kind of get rid of the dead wood, out with the old, in with the new. They've, st you know, the average age has definitely gone down at the club. When everyone was worried that they were going to suffer the same issues that Barcelona uh, have been suffering and will continue to suffer, and I mean, I it, it came back to my mind, came back to my mind that uh, Pjanic Arthur deal after the match. I realized, oh my God, you know, the problem is, look at the age of these players. The quality is not there. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're pushing the issues under the rug. And Pjanic is just another one. I mean, imagine Pjanic is on the pitch. Uh, it's just, they, there's so much wrong at the club. Forgetting the fact that financially they're in shambles. Forgetting the financial aspect of things. It's in yeah, crisis. I mean, Real Madrid, they've been ruthless, to, you know, to be perfectly honest with their older players. I mean, Gareth Bale, it's pretty clear that Zidane doesn't care about him. Uh, 
you know, I think Barcelona could use some of that same thinking. I think, I think it's, you know, I think it's necessary in, in sports to, um, you know, not really be sentimental uh, as hard as that might be. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other thing is, uh, I think, I think Pjanic actually might be uh, young at 30 years old compared to, you know, the rest <laughs> of the players. So, uh, no, I mean, I, we can, uh, you know, we can move on from Bayern and Barca in, in a minute. Um, but, you know, I would just say, um, you know, if you're a neutral fan, uh, you know, some people are like, you know, oh, that was very, that was funny to watch. You know, Barca are so bad. Ha ha. But that, that match held a lot more significance, I think, than people realize. Like, that, that truly was um, possibly like the concrete end of an era. And the, those last players, PK, Busquets, these, these legends of the game, they're, they're, there's a very good chance, especially after these comments PK is making, very good chance we don't see them lining up next season. And, you know, I, I, I hope that people take a bit of time to, you know, look back and appreciate uh, the football that, you know, this, honestly, that this Barcelona team has produced over the last five, ten years because it's been special and it's been some of the best we've ever seen. And, you know, we might not ever... I, I'm saying this because it, it's trending in the direction that we might never see this again from Barca and that they genuinely are turning... you following the same path as, you know, everyone says, like Milan um, and Manchester United. But that's what we're seeing. The difference, I think, from Barcelona's decline to United and, and uh, Milan is I think this is more dramatic. You know, I don't think United or AC Milan ever had a moment where it was like... Wow, like this this club's in shambles. Not really, you know, a singular moment like that. Um, but but the other thing is, you know, I mean, heads are going to roll. Uh, we've already seen, you know, Setien's going to be fired. I think Abidal, I think, was, is going to be fired. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the wrong heads that are being, you know, rolled. I think you have to look at the top. You know, Joseph uh, Bartome, uh club president. You know, he has a whole kind of cast of characters. I've just read an athletic article. Basically, it just said, you know, nobody knows who's making the decisions. Nobody knows who's calling the shots. So, you know, if you're a sporting director and, uh, you know, your job is to bring in players, and if you're worried about, you know, your boss, you know, interfering, you're trying to keep him happy, then you're not really focusing on your job. You know, you're just, you know, focused on the PR battle and, and all that stuff. So I think that that's part of the issue because, you know, you, everyone's just trying to keep their own job. You know, they're not really – looking to uh, actually improve the club. I think everyone's just kind of looking out for themselves. I, I think it's a toxic work environment. Uh, and, you know, the earliest that this board will be out is, is next summer. So, you know, we have at least one more year of, of turmoil. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, you know, um, short-term fix, you know, Xavi might not be a bad short-term fix. You know what I mean? You're not going to solve all these problems overnight. So maybe throw them in for a year. You know, you can't do much worse than, than what's happened. Um, another short-term fix, you know, I think, I think Barca should seriously consider going to a three-back. I think Jordi Alba and, and Nelson Semedo would be fine wing-backs. I think that's what they really enjoy doing is getting up and down the pitch. And, um, you know, if they really want to, I don't know, short that defense, I think that's something they should consider. Um, that, that would be, that would be really interesting. Um, if they do that, they would need uh, to sign a, another center-back, I think. Definitely a better center back. They'd need to sign someone who could come in and be the, the number one man, possibly. So again, you know, you bring up Nelson Semedo, who I thought started off, you know, decent. He, he started off with a lot of energy. That turned into one of the most disastrous individual performances I've ever seen in my entire life on the biggest stage. I could not believe how much confidence Semedo seemed to be lacking and, and 
just his decision making was chaotic. I, I I could not believe what I was seeing. You know, he he had I don't know I don't even know what goal. There were too many goals. You know, he made an error leading one of the goals. You know, almost made another directly after, and it's just like time and again. Um, I thought he needed to get off the pitch. Maybe you know he is a wing back at heart, but that was just I, I couldn't believe what I saw from Semedo. Yeah, um, you know, I texted you I think in the game, and Semedo played like a two yard pass to to Sergio Roberto who was immediately under pressure. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, why are you playing that pass? You know, I remember in high school, my coach would be like, you know, don't play a, a pass that's, you know, less than, you know, 10 yards essentially because there's no point, you know, that's just, you know, the ball is going to be traveling that allows defenders to, to come in and, and make a tackle. So, yeah. it was, you know, mind boggling, you know, mental stuff. Um, I think it's hard to, to, to stop Alfonso Davies. I think he's, mm-hmm. you know, he was, he was in the form of his life, I think last mm-hmm. night. And uh, so, you know, got to give, give some credit to Davies there. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, how much money did they spend on Semedo, by the way? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I know they, they, did, they did spend quite a bit on him because he was primed to be, a, you know, a good, a, a good right back. He's still kind of young and I don't know. But, um, I mean, across the board, you have Antoine Griezmann, who is on the bench. Um, and deservedly so, uh, considering the fact that he doesn't fit at this team. We've, you know, beaten that point in time and again. They need to get rid of Griezmann, get that money back, the, at least a little bit. Coutinho, Dembele's on the bench, injured, nothing new there. And then Coutinho, we haven't even brought up. But, like, I mean, look at that. What, what, what is that? Two goals and an assist in a 15-minute appearance? That, that was uh, <laughs> tough to watch as a Barcelona fan. Uh, it was quite enjoyable as a neutral. Um, it was, you know, poetic justice. Uh, and, and I just... <laughs> I think it just shows, you know, Bayern uh, are just such a, you know, better run club at this point. You know, they, uh, they're, they're signing Coutinho on loan. You know, they're not, they're not the ones bringing him in for a hundred and, you know, close to, I don't remember what the fee was, but it was over a hundred million. So, I mean, I think Bayern just are, are so much smarter and sharper and more ruthless, you know, like, like Real Madrid, um, because I think they understand, you know, with, with Bayern, um, you know, it wasn't like what, what it is with Barcelona. Where they have this in crop of players, you know. It was pretty clear, you know, Robin, uh, Ribery, you know, they, they lost their place pretty quickly, you know. You know, mm-hmm. Sir Liberty, Kingsley Coman, they, they earned their place um, quite quickly, and there was no nostalgia um, from Bayern Munich. But, you know, that also go, goes down to, you know, the smart recruitment. So, mm-hmm. you said if you don't have players that can, can fill those roles, then you're in trouble. You're absolutely right. Um... You know, another thing, Leroy Sané is yet to join Bayern Munich, <laughs> which is another thing. But, um, you know, with Coutinho, I, it's almost funny because neither club out there wants Coutinho right now. <laughs> Nobody wants this guy. And he's still gone out there and scored two and assisted one, um, you know, si- silencing a few critics, at least for now. Granted, it was already, what, 5-1, 5-2 at that point. Yeah, I, it was so bizarre watching him on the bench when... Byron kept scoring and he was like applauding and I was like, this must be so weird for him. Like, so uncomfortable. It's got to be yeah. uncomfortable. And then what, I, I have a feeling that Barca players just like don't like him because <laughs> they probably envy him. I mean, I would. So yeah. Please take All me right. I, you know, I think we've covered that match enough. Uh, I'm ready to move on from that. I'm, I need to, you know, put that in the back of my mind for now. Uh, and yeah. we, we've just, we've just seen, you know, a very big upset in Lyon over Manchester city three, one, um, Pep Guardiola knocked out in the quarterfinals again. What do you think? 
Uh, yeah, another shocking result. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, I think Manchester City's struggles kind of remind me of, of PSG's a little bit. I think, for, you know, they, they, uh, they've gotten a little unlucky, I think, in the past. And then that adds a little bit of pressure each time. And, uh, you know, every loss in, in the Champions League is, is magnified because, you know, Pep hasn't won it since Barcelona. And, um, or, no, he won it at Bayern. But, you know, the pressure just keeps building every, every Champions League campaign. Um, and I think you could see that in the players. I mean, Eric Laporte, you know, who's one of the best center backs in the Premier League, just, you know, made a crazy error just giving the ball away and then, you know, slipping and falling, allowing, you know, Moussa Dembele to score that, that, um, that second goal. And, you know, just mo- – and then Ederson, you know, fumbling the ball on that third goal. Those are the kind of, you know, mental, mental errors that um, I, I think just come from pressure. Um, so, you know, for them, I think it's a, it's a glass ceiling like it was for PSG. And, you know, until, until they reach that final, I think there's just always going to be questions in the back of players' minds and, and um, you know, fans' minds. Yeah, um, that, that Raheem Sterling miss, I don't know what to say about that. I it's almost like, forgot about that. How could know, I forget? Words I mean, can barely describe – um, you know, how shambolic that was. You yeah, know? I feel bad for him because now he's going to get a lot of abuse. I know. Social media because obviously he had that reputation before. Uh, but yeah, you got to finish that. I mean, the expected goals I saw was 0.6. So more times than not, you should be scoring. <laughs> Team Sterling, that's the, like a 99% chance. Well, it should be. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he still put in, he bagged 20 goals this year. Um uh, you know, his finishing's been okay, but inexcusable. But, oh, well, um, that wasn't the only problem. You know, they, they, they talked, to, again, that CBS team was doing a lot of discussion. Micah Richards, who was a defender at Manchester City, just couldn't wrap his head around how uh, disorganized the back line was on, on, those goal, on all of those goals. You just have, you know, players running all over the place. Joao Cancelo at left back, who, who's not a natural left back. Um, you know, you've got Eric Garcia, who, who just, you know, young, not experienced enough. Um, and he's and, leaving, too. He's, he's leaving right. to Barcelona, probably. So. Yeah, he's at Barcelona. There you go. Maybe, uh, well, you know, they're, they're both knocked out of the Champions League. So, you know, maybe they can do yeah. some talking. But, I mean, on the Lyon side, I mean, credit, credit to Lyon, who finished seventh in the Liga this year. Huh? I mean, Rudy Garcia... I think his name's going to be passed around for, for bigger jobs, obviously. His performance is very impressive. I'm not sure, you know, I think people should take it with a grain of salt. Obviously, it's, it's a one-leg knockout thing, so uh, that doesn't actually translate to um, season-long success because they have struggled this year. But, uh, you know, it, it just felt um, – it reminded me of my own high school soccer games in the playoffs. You know, just incredibly tense. Um, and it felt like you were watching those Manchester City goals – that they conceded in slow motion. You know, everyone was just kind of not wanting to make that mistake. Um, and, you know, it, it might, maybe it goes back to uh, Pep's, you know, change in formula or form, mm-hmm. formation. I mean, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, th- three center backs instead of a traditional two, you know, so it's a five, five back in defense. Um, you know, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing him do that in uh, uh, City. So that was, that was a bit of a shock. You know, I think City still controlled the game, but – I think it definitely puts some players in positions that they were unfamiliar with. However, at the end of the game, when they conceded those two goals, they were back to a four, four back. So um, I, I don't know. I have more questions than I have answers at this point. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very true. Uh, you know, here's another question. Um, you know, why has Pep only made two substitutions in the entire match? 
Um, of course, you had a lot, a lot of youngsters were actually on that bench, but I mean, you still didn't start Bernardo Silva, David Silva, uh, Phil Foden, and Riyad Mahrez. And those are four players you would, you would think you could bring on if you were, you were down one goal. Um, and, you know, he only used, I believe, was it Mahrez and David Silva? Yep. I'm not yep. sure. But, you know, either way, you have more firepower on the bench than, you know, he utilized. Gabriel Jesus is just, I mean, I know you're, you're a supporter of Gabriel Jesus, but, I mean, he, he, he's not scoring. He's not scoring. Does Aguero do more today? I mean, I don't know if Aguero does more. Leon also are a, you know, a very feisty team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the complaint today was Jesus and Sterling were too reliant on service. You know, they weren't able to, you know, create on their own. I thought Sterling did really well there for that De Bruyne goal. But I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought they were incredibly reliant. They've become, you know, incredibly reliant on, on Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, it's, it's a little messy-esque, I would have to say. You know, it's like they pass the ball to De Bruyne and everyone just kind of moves out of the way and, and hopes that he'll do, do something. You know, that, that's what happened um, when they lost against, who was it? It was in the FA Cup, I believe. Um, against Arsenal. Yeah, and, and, you know, he had that, I think he had a really high rating, but everyone else was just really poor. And, and it reminded me of the same thing. It was Kevin De Bruyne carrying the ball, Kevin De Bruyne playing at left wing, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, running the show. Um, but, you know, one man can only do so much. But I think, uh, you know, part of that problem was because you had um, Gunduan and, and um, Rodri behind him who are, you know, traditionally more defensive midfielders so he was you know kind of asked to shoulder the load there um and I think you know he, he's great you know he, he still performed well but I would like to see you know him, him played alongside a, a more creative uh midfielder I mean even if even if you are you know having Kevin De Bruyne sitting a bit deeper and, and serving falls in you need a better target in the box if, if you're going to be that reliant on a player um you know, we've all joked about Ronaldo and De Bruyne, however not he could serve the ball anywhere and Ronaldo would win it. But it's true. Um, if the players aren't finishing, especially when, you know, your front three are all, you know, under 5'9", um, you know, you, you can't play that style. And, and you wonder if it was if they were playing against an Atletico Madrid who, you know, are famous for the low block and everything. You don't see, you're not scoring many goals again. Like, you're not creating any more chances than you did today. And, you know, obviously Leon. I think I heard they only had nine touches in Manchester City's box and scored three goals. So credit to Lyon. Um, you know, Cornet had uh, a very, very tidy finish, very satisfying finish for the first. And then, you know, you bring Dembele on for, for two quick ones near the end. And what are you going to do? Yeah, it, it was a uh, clinic and counterattacking from, from Lyon. I mean, every time they got the ball on the break, I mean, they just looked like they're going to score. It was, uh, you know, it was pretty remarkable. Um, you know, they, they have a, a great group of, of players that are probably going to get, you know, sold off <laughs> as, as happens, you know, with league on sides. Um, but, you know, Depay, Dembele, um, you know, that is, is a great, you know, uh, wing back. They just, you know, they're set up to counterattack, you know, our friend uh, you know, and colleague, if you want to call him, Mitchell Green. Uh, <laughs> he said that, uh, they're, you know, Leon reminds him of Wolves a lot. And um, I thought that was an interesting comparison. You know, two teams that often play with wing backs. Um, you know, that are you know, used to counterattacking. Um, and you know, I think that can be incredibly effective. You know, against a team who who like to control the ball as much as, as City do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it is a shame. I, I was gonna, I was about to say actually before you made the point, you know, you'd love to see the Leon team stick together and you know see if they can first of all finish higher in the table next season. But if they can keep up this momentum in Europe, but they will be rated. Hassem Awar is linked very heavily with you know clubs around Europe, but you know Arsenal is uh, actually a seems from what I've heard to be one of the you know very possible destinations, which would be beautiful because you know he's he's absolutely superb, silky midfielder. Um, very fun to watch. Depay has really, you know, brought his game back from his time at United. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much else to say about this match. Yeah. Um, I mean, credit to Leon, uh, you know, now we have uh, two, two league off teams and uh, two, two uh, Bundesliga teams. So in, in the semifinals, so any, anyone who is calling, you know, France a farmer's league uh, has to eat their words. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. So we have, uh, you know, we have Bayern against against Lyon, and we have PSG against Leipzig. I mean, the easy call is Bayern PSG in the final. Are you are you taking Bayern PSG, and are Bayern gonna smack Lyon like everyone's already saying they are? I mean, that's tough. <laughs> I would like to see Bayern PSG, uh, but at this point, I would not be surprised to see Lyon play Leipzig in the final. <laughs> Uh, quite an interesting final, but if I, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put my money on, on Bayern PSG. I think Bayern at this point are just levels above everyone else. I think PSG, uh, you know, Mbappe is going to be healthy. Verratti is going to be back from, um, he's going to be healthy probably too. Di Maria is going to be back from suspension. I just don't see Leipzig, you know, getting past that. I think Leipzig will, you know, and Leon will, will put up a good fight, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, Nagelsmann's a great manager. You know, Leon have talent too, um, but yeah, I, I would have to go chalk here. Yeah, I uh, I'm struggling to to come up with an argument for either uh, underdog here. I think Bayern will beat uh, Leon two 0 is my prediction. I'm going to say two 0 um, You know, one early goal, one late goal. Leon's going to fight the whole match, but again, Bayern are not going to be outclassed. And yeah, I, yeah, go on. yeah, yeah. Go no, on. I was going to say on the PSG side, I really do think this could be the year, and I, I almost. I've been anti-PSG over the past number of years just because, you know, the money and blah, blah, blah. I want it for Neymar right now because I think, you know, the criticism has gotten to a point where it's just plain disrespectful now and people have forgotten how good he is. Um, just, you know, we saw his performance the other day. He's always doing things like that. And I, I, I do want it for him. So I'm going PSG Bayern. We'll talk uh, in the next podcast about the final, though, uh, in case we are proven wrong. Yeah, I think PSG um, is more likely to lose than Bayern are. I think Leipzig are, you know, a real threat uh, because, you know, Nagelsmann is one of the best managers in the world at this point. And, you know, his teams just know how to play together. Um, and, and we, you know, Atalanta, you know, is very similar. They have a, you know, great tactical identity. Um, you, know, you know, they press a lot, which Leipzig also does, which caused PSG problems. So I'm curious to see what Tuchel does to, to um, you know, to counter that. Uh, I, I think PSG uh, Leipzig is going to be a, a free-flowing affair. I think we could see a lot of goals again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Looking forward to it. I think the matches are on Tuesday, Wednesday. I think we have Europe matches every day. Europa League tomorrow and the next day, and then Champions League semifinals the next it's, two. It's, it's been like, great. I mean, this entire week, one game a day, which is perfect because you can just focus on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, the, only, the only complaint I have is CBS should be playing these games, you know, not a, a paywall. I mean, this yeah. should be on CBS. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Can't yeah abso absolutely agree. Um, if, you know, it's, it's, again, it's perfect. One match a day, you do your work, you take a two hour break in the middle of the day, you watch the <laughs> match, you get angry, you cheer and back to work done for the night. Do it again the next day. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter's been, uh, Twitter's been very fun to be honest. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, that, I think that wraps us up. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that's about it. Emergency pod concluded. Alrighty. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in and, uh, you know, make sure to check out our Twitter, follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. And we're looking forward to catching you next time. Shane Max in mid, on the wing, and you got two men down just beating him. They wearing Gucci, showing Gucci, because you know me, I'm drinking Gucci.